Welcome to the Fast Forward podcast series, brought to you by Tech Manchester, designed to solve the problems that keep entrepreneurs awake at night. And I'm your host, Patricia Keating. Today's episode is about overcoming the fear of networking. We've all had it, but in business, why do we do it? Why do we network? And how do we get the most value from it? Today's guest is a highly regarded consultant and one of the Northwest's most connected people, co-founder of Tech North Advocates and chair of Capital Pilot. Welcome today, Naomi Timberley. Hello. Hi, Naomi. Thank you for coming today. Let's talk about Tech North Advocates, first of all, just to set the scene. It was founded on the value of connections and mm-hmm. connecting people. Talk to us a little bit about Tech North Advocates and the importance of relationships. Okay, so Tech North Advocates was born out of Tech London Advocates and it's now sort of global. So it was set up by Rush Shaw in five years ago in London initially. And there's about 10,000 advocates across the world who basically champion tech in their area and support each other. It's a non-for-profit and it's really simply about, you know, being there for each other and supporting the tech ecosystem around the world. Let's talk about, first of all, then the, the fear of networking, because that's what today's series is about. We all remember our very first uh, networking and the networking we're talking about at the minute is that face-to-face networking, mm-hmm. going to events. And we will come on later too. So there's the social networking that yep. we all do now as well, because those networks are equally as important. But let's talk about your first uh, networking event, because you, you do have a, 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 a vivid memory of it, as do I. I think everybody remembers where they were. <laughs> So, so for, for me, my career before having kids, I worked in travel and then I worked in recruitment and I never had to go out and, and go and make new connections or anything. And um, I remember the first event that I, I went to was at Urbis. Um, I was invited to a guy who then worked at NatWest called Ben Poland. You know, turned up on my own. There was like tons of people. Um, I had an events company at the time. And he thought it'd be really good for me to go. And it was just terrifying. I sort of made small talk with people, but I, I think, you know, from where I was then to where I am now, I, I, it's completely different. I think for me, I don't know why I was there, if you know what I mean, but I think it was a good thing to come out of my comfort zone. Yeah, I remember my first, uh, I was speaking to the producer Sarah earlier today and was like, I remember my first one, Seals Institute of Ireland. It was in the new drawing room down at the Titanic Quarter and, it was Keith Pride from um, Shredded at the time had again just I didn't know what I was doing I had never done network I didn't know what the purpose of it was yeah. and uh, he thought it was a good idea for me to come out, come down and I sat for 10 minutes in the car going I don't want to do this I don't want to do this um, and then and I went into the room and was just faced with it was just all uh, middle-aged men and yeah. I was in my 20s at the time and just hadn't hadn't a clue but he took me under his wing and that was what helped me through that first yeah. um, event even though I didn't know and then just started getting conversations and I was so glad for it to be over at the end but how did you get through your first uh, event? I think because I, I went with somebody else um, and he at the time was working for NatWest so he was very very well connected and he just introduced me to uh, a couple of different people mm. I actually, apart from Ben, I can't remember who who else I met that day, evening, because um, it was all a bit dramatic. Um, But I think for for me, it was certainly good, that first experience being with somebody else. 
Yeah, definitely having a having a buddy. So why do we do it? Why do we do networking? Why do we go to these events? Okay, so I actually don't like the word networking. Um, I call it making good connections and having conversations. Um, we do it because we want to promote what we're doing or we want to talk to like-minded individuals. We want to learn something. We want to support other people. Um, it's a great place to find mentors. And some people just go because they want to sell stuff and and that's okay um but I, I think in general yes you can go to an organized event but actually you're making good connections all the time I've met some of the most amazing people on trains it doesn't always have to be in a facilitated environment and I think if you take the word networking away and call it making good connections you you just it's just part of your everyday life yeah you're breaking down the barriers actually yeah yeah we touched earlier on sort of purpose. You didn't know your purpose of being at your first event, nor, the, nor did yeah. I. How important is purpose to networking or making good, let's just use your yeah. description, making good connections? So I think generally people decide to go to a particular event because they have um, a great panel, they might have a good speaker. There's, there's always something behind it. There's generally not many things where it's just people networking per se. Um, so some people will make the decision to go because they want to hear the speakers or it might be that the event is around a particular focus so it might be say a tech focused event or it might be say a marketing creatives focused event so I think that's like the first sort of level of of, you know a, a purpose but then also as well you want to meet people that perhaps you haven't usually met before or meet like-minded individuals somebody that you can learn from um so you then you know I think certainly for me I always get the best out of it if I really know what the audience of that event's going to be I definitely think there's um it's worth having that purpose but generally for me I would say over the last couple of years I'm I'm going to these events because I'm either part of the events or or I'm going to learn something yeah, I think there's so many events mm. on every day in oh, yeah. Manchester. You can be a really busy yeah. fool. Yeah. Um, so I think you do need to have a, a strategy around it. How do you how do you filter that? Like, how, what is your kind of sort of checklist in terms of why you would invest? Because it's your time, and your time oh, is yeah, valuable. Of course, of course. Um, I generally go to one evening thing uh, event a week. Um, I've got a family and I've got commitments. I very rarely go to a morning thing. Um, just because I'm not a great morning person, but obviously I will do if it's something really interesting. And you've got family, you've got kids. Yeah, I've got kids and I've usually got stuff to do at home. Um, so I think that the best best way to sort of filter through all of the events, you know, if you go on Eventbrite or Meetup, there's probably 20, 30 things that you could go to every day of the week. Um, I think it's working out, you know, um, who your customers are, who the people that you, th- you could perhaps help you get to where you want to get to, um, you know, what you're going to learn from that event, the type of people that are going to, le- you know, going to be at that event. Is, is there stuff talking about, you know, people talking about that event on social? Um, how can you engage sort of pre um, and post event as well? Um, and I think, you know, it's certainly for me, I only really go to one evening event a week and maybe some you know two in the day but I'm a consultant so you know every minute is money and I think if you don't manage it you can become that busy fool that goes to every single you know the opening of a stamp Mm. um and then it's I think it's sort of then it's like okay you're going to all these different things when are you actually doing any work yeah and it's like just going from event to event yeah yeah and when I first started in 
18 months ago when I first came here, it did feel like that's what I was doing. It was like going to every single event. But it was yeah. it was necessary at that time yeah. because I was coming from a stand and start. Yeah. And I had to really gain traction quickly. And the only way to do that was to do it the old st- school way, was hit the, yeah. hit the road oh, and yeah. hit the streets, get yeah. your bits on the streets and start talking to people. Um, and I think um, when I think about, you know, people would often say to me, you know, how do you, like, how do, you do it? And I'm like, well, they just don't have any fear. I just think yeah. what's the worst that's going to happen. If they don't want to talk to me, they'll tell me to go away. <laughs> but in your situation, that's what you had to do yeah. to get, to get you know, tech managed up and running. You're yeah. brand new to the city. You didn't have a choice. And it needed the community yeah. behind it. To, yeah, definitely. That's the secret to, to yeah. the, certainly the mentoring program is, is the community that actually sort of drives it. They're the engine behind yeah. it. Um, whereas now I'm able to curate what I go to and yeah. I'm like yourself and sort of ring fence and days and evenings for yeah. myself and then, you know, days, the Wednesdays, Thursdays generally yeah. for, for events. So let's go back to the, the we're, you know, we're talking about the fear and, you know, entrepreneurs who are starting out for the first time, that's who this podcast for. So they'll be struggling with lots of different things, trying to grapple with their own business idea mm-hmm. and being able to verbalize that imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but they've taken that step and they've gone into the room what are the tips that you can give them to kind of get over that first hurdle and get into that first conversation? Okay, so there's a, there's a couple of different things. Obviously, you've got the whole thing, you know, go with somebody that you know, but then you can, you know, the problem with that is that sometimes if you are really nervous about doing it, you will just stick with that person and that's not really a good thing to do. I would also say, this might be a controversial comment, but if it was, depending on the venue, you know, go to the bar, go to the coffee stand, um, go to where the drinks are, the sarnies or whatever it is. I also think that actually, if there are speakers and things like that, I will go and speak to the speakers, you know, get the organiser to perhaps introduce you to people. I think as well, there's a whole sort of thing about, you know, infiltrating a group of people when they're talking and there's ways of of doing that. If you know that someone's having a really sort of deep conversation, you can't really dive in because it might be... How can you tell that though? Um, For me, um, I've got pretty good emotional intelligence and it's common sense, but some people don't have that. So I think it's just thinking, okay, you know, just looking at the way they're standing, the way that they're looking at each other, um, I think you can tell when somebody's having a deep, serious conversation, perhaps, perhaps where they don't want to, to um, you know, anybody else to come into that conversation. Yeah, also through body an, language. Yeah, and then also as well, if you sort of see somebody else on their own, go and talk to them. I think it is completely out of some, you know, most people's comfort zones actually doing that. But, you know, I think that works and and again going back to what the comment that I said before is actually maybe doing your homework before you go a lot of these events are talked about on social media beforehand so you can sort of gauge who's going to be at that particular event and, yeah. and see okay maybe that person he, he looks like a good person to talk to also as well when you go see a lot of these events I always glance at who's signed up have a look at and see who's registered see if you recognize any 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 names or anything like that you know there's probably a bunch of different things that i could say and i've actually i know that you've got a collection uh, on tech manchester's wakelet account called making good connections um there's loads of really good tips on there for introverts and extroverts um well it links to yours so yeah yeah but, but it's, <laughs> it's your collection yeah, is one of the primary it, ones we have in yeah there. but it's it's just there's some really good tips in there because you know there's there's always and, and i think as well i i'm Generally, when I'm going to something, um, 
when I'm talking to people, I'm using my listening skills. I can't stress that enough is actually, you know, finding out information about what people do, finding where you've got common ground, because it's not just all about work. You know, you do business with people that you know, like and trust and actually building up a rapport and then you know talking to them about what you do perhaps seeing how you could help each other and it might be that you can't and that's fine but don't always expect that you can talk to everybody in the room because you can't and I think it's about having those sort of quality conversations over quantity I think that's a really key thing yeah conversations naturally come to an end and sometimes it gets to that awkward point where either you know that person doesn't want to talk to you anymore yeah. and they want to go and they don't know how yeah. to exit or you're you're ready and you're ready to move on and have another conversation. Yeah. And I, I think oftentimes about like the Oprah Winfrey um, quote, you know, uh, your legacy is every life that you've touched. So you mm-hmm. want that first engagement and that last engagement, yeah. like Jonathan was talking about it, wasn't he, in his podcast with Lawrence the other week, the science about you don't remember the bit in between, but you remember the start and the end. Yeah. How do you end those conversations so that person still feels good about it? Um, rather than, oh, you've really just got what you needed out of me? Um, that's a, I was going to say that's a difficult question. Because, I struggle with it still. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I think, you know, if it's sort of you in a situation where perhaps um, the conversation's not flowing, so to speak, um, I think, um, you know, sort of ending that conversation and perhaps moving on. If you're having a really good conversation with somebody, you don't want to leave, but obviously you want to talk to other people. So I think sometimes what I do is is actually if I sort of see somebody else in, in the room, um, and again, you've got to do that very discreetly because I think the worst thing is when you're having a conversation with somebody and they're looking at somebody else, is actually bring somebody else in or say, mm. actually, I'd like to introduce you to A, B, C or D. Um, so you're immediately helping them. Y- yeah, and I think that's generally my style, but then there's other things around, you know, it might be that you, you need to go and get another cup of coffee or you want to go to, for a wee or, yeah, you know, I, I think that the, for me that works is, is that good feel-good thing is actually thinking, okay, I, I would like to help that person and introduce... And it's not about passing them on, but it's actually saying, you know, I think it would be worth you talking to this person, mm. you know, or getting other people to join in your conversation. I think we have a very similar kind of approach or mm. mindset to networking is that it's the purpose, I think, that we both go in with is that kind of not what is in it for me, but what can I do yeah. for this person? Yeah. And that's where the listening skills, I think, yeah, what definitely. you're describing is, are so important by listening to what they're saying and then understanding what you have in your network or your toolkit that you can actually add value to and help them be a little bit more successful and I think it's as well it's not you know you you can't go to these things and it's it's not just always about work it's actually Mm -hmm. finding out what they're like as people Mm -hmm. you know and again that goes back to yeah and and, you know what stuff do they they like doing and 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 things like that and it's just I think you know if if you can do that you, you you're getting a much more meaningful and deeper connection with somebody yeah. is just, you know, you, you can have those conversations. And I think I, I'm not particularly good with names, but I re- remember random facts about people because I've asked the question. You know, to me, though, I can probably, because I'm inquisitive by nature, I think, uh, you know, some poor people think I'm interviewing them, but I'm not. I'm just <laughs> genuinely interested. And I think that's another thing as well, coming back to body language and, and making eye contact that's really important looking at the way you you sat or stood up and you know giving people a handshake and what's appropriate you know how many times should we talk about hugging at this point (laughs) yeah I think we totally need to do the hugging situation but even the handshake let's do the handshake first I can't bear the floppy fish handshake if I 
see myself doing it and it might be because they grab my hand I'll actually say can we do that again because it literally it just oh um that the whole huggy thing it's like you know it's great if you sort of know that person or you've met them a few times you've got the kissy thing you know is it appropriate to kiss people on 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 the cheek you know sometimes if you've known them for a while but it's not something that you would do straight away i have a really big thing about doing people doing kisses on bloody text messages and social media posts it's great if you know that person but if you if you don't and they put a kiss it's not appropriate yeah, exactly, exactly. Communication is, is so important in this. Yeah. And I think, you know, we were talking about a little bit around the science, around the colours and people's communication styles. Mm. And how do you adopt that? Because that's about being incredibly self-aware about your own communication yeah. style. Like, I think both of us are... Uh, I know I'm a yellow, so I love talking I'm, about everything. Yeah, I'm yellow all over. Yeah. I'm, like, really high yellow. And, you know, involve me, yeah. talk to me about everything. I want to know yeah. everything that's happened, and then maybe we'll talk about work. Yeah. Um, and but, that's of more value to me. But other people are not like that. Only 25% of the world actually are like that. Well, I, I sort of, I'm one of those people that sort of wears my heart on my sleeve. And I had one of those online personality check things once. And one of the things that it flagged up, and God knows how it did this, but it actually flagged up about my body language. Um, and it actually said that you need to control your body language. Um, I don't, um, but it's, it's for me, my body language and the way my expressions on my face speak volumes. You can just see in my face if I feel comfortable about some, you know, uncomfortable or comfortable in a certain situation. Um, again, we're all different. Everyone's got different types of personality. Some people are more chatty than others. You know, I'm, I'm come across as being really confident, but actually I can go to things like that even now and just be really scared and feel really out of my comfort zone. And I also think I have to be in the mood to do it. If I haven't got my mojo, I'm not, I, I just don't, I won't go. Yeah. I think motivation is really yeah. important because feeling that you have to go to something and yeah. you're going, you're forcing yourself. Yeah. That will come across yeah, um, definitely. Sub- subliminally in your in your body language. There was something really interesting that you said there that you're still, you know, what, 20 years on and that you still get these situations where you're scared. And it, I think that's actually not a bad thing because mm-hmm. it probably pushes, um, means that you're pushing your own boundaries and you're yeah. pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And that networking and making good connections to, to have a diverse group of people and, and people that you're connected to you have to push yourself into um different groups that you mm-hmm. wouldn't normally um associate yourself with yeah. I mean I've that's what I've done coming here um my background was professional services mm-hmm. so it was very comfortable talking to you know accountants and lawyers and people like that and then coming here into tech which I didn't have a clue mm-hmm. about um you know so it, but I need to now push myself again further um how do you do that like how do you motivate yourself to do that and how do you get comfortable with being uncomfortable in networking um if we go back to my first networking experience I got asked by um Ben to speak at an event and it was the first time I'd I'd spoken in front of people and I had I was at a city new ground and the audience was business people and it was about 300 people in the room your first speaking event yeah 300 (laughs) 300 people in the room and I was absolutely terrified and um also, you know, I, I always push myself and, and I, you know, I know we've said the word comfort zone quite a lot, but I think it's really important as somebody who, who is an entrepreneur or whatever you want to label yourself as, 
you do need to do that on a daily basis because you still need to feel like you're a human being. You still need to feel emotion around things. And I think certainly being scared is, you know, I I used to use, someone taught me a technique called emotional freedom technique, uh, which is, is, is another word is called tapping. So if I do get nervous in certain situations, I'll tap. It usually calms me down. I think, you know, doing deep breaths and things like that. And again, just feeling, we sort of mentioned it before and touched on it, is, is actually having your, your mojo. You've got to be open to have conversations with people. Mm. If you're really tired or you can't be asked, you shouldn't really be doing it. Mm. Um, you've got to be in the right mood. And again, it's, it's like going to events and finding the right type of people. Um, I was at an event um, recently. Um, there was probably about 250 people there. There was a panel discussion. After the panel discussion, I thought, you know what? I know lots of people here, but I'm not sure who I want to talk to at the moment. And I'd got slightly irritated by a question that I'd asked of the panel, but they hadn't really answered it. So a friend of mine was doing the catering. He was running the bar. And I said to him, can I work behind the bar? And actually, that was the best connections uh, that I've ever I've, I've ever made at an event. But I also, think I was there. Yeah, I think you were there. I think you said to me, what are you doing behind the bar? <laughs> um, but do you know what? I spoke to people that I don't usually speak to or I haven't spoken to for ages, and, and it was great. It was great. I, I was putting myself in yeah. a position because, you know, if whether people wanted a soft drink or a beer or whatever, they had to come to the bar. And it immediately obviously created a spark of conversation, yeah. which is, what are you doing behind yeah. the bar? Yeah. And instant I think, conversation. And I, I think as well, it is, it's, you know, it's going back to that, it is, it is that spark of conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, there's loads of different types of things in, we're really lucky. So you've got Michael DePaolo, who's got uh, Fresh Walks. I'm going on a Fresh Walks tomorrow. And that's like networking, but walking. Um, and I've, you know, t- to be fair, I usually go for a catch up with, with, with my friend Viv, but we have met really incredible people on it. And, it, you're, you know, doing it in a completely different environment, you're mm-hmm. getting really great fresh air. Uh, at the end of it, we generally go to the pub, but you're doing it in a, in a different type of environment. And I think you meet people in lots of different situations. I, I'm going to go back to one of the first points I made before is actually you're having conversations with people all the time. Mm. I do a lot of um, pitch coaching um, with startups. And one of the things I say to them is, is actually you are pitching your business every single day. You just don't realize it. And it's, it's just mm. about having conversations. I think if you say, you know, that's why I, I particularly don't like the word networking is because it puts the fear of God into people people do it in different ways I've been to some things where literally just people come with a ton of business cards and they are on a mission to give out as many business cards as possible and I think you know depending on what type of role you are you know some people that are in say you know um perhaps not working for themselves but working for another organization they're sort of targeted on how many connections that they get which makes it really difficult but it's like going back to the quality quantity thing I think the quality is more important Mm. you know I've I've had people throwing business cards in my face. I generally don't carry business cards around. Um, I usually get somebody else's business card or I'll connect with them on LinkedIn or on a, another social network. Yeah, others are available. Yes. And let's, and let's talk about that because um, the connection doesn't end in that face-to-face yeah. or sometimes it actually happens mm-hmm. the other way around. People connect on social media. Yep. We had Amanda Newman in a few weeks ago and talking about the, her 
Career Mum Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And she has administrators that administer that group and have administered it for maybe five or six months mm-hmm. before she actually met them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can, ha- it can happen both ways. But how important is that social network and that broader network now that we all have sort of digitally? Certainly for me, it's been enormous. Um, I've got connections with people from all over the world. I've had opportunities um, and pretty much most of the work I get is, is through my social connections, which then sort of go on to real life connections, so to speak. So if, you, if you're talking about social networks and, and making good connections, I think it's really, again, being really important about and strategic about who you want to have a conversation with. I'm not following anyone on Twitter that I wouldn't want to have a conversation with. Mm. Apart from the fact that I am following Larry the Cat, who's that number 10 cat, I don't think I could really talk to him. To be fair, though, if you could... I totally would. would. Uh, (laughs) Meow. Um, So, yeah, I think the social network thing is really important because, you know, if you're going to a conference, for example, I've been part of conferences um, that I've not actually been at. You know, interestingly, I haven't told you this, Trish, yet, but um, I was at the GBEA Awards last week and um, you and Christina sort of waved waved at me via Twitter or I waved back at you. And then the guy who was hosting it, um, the guy from the Go Compare adverts win, um, who's actually a very good singer, um, he he sort of read some tweets out and he said, oh, who's Patricia Keating? (laughs) And I put my hand up and I went, I'm not Patricia Keating, but that's my tweet. So it was just really weird. You can be part of something and not actually be there. Uh, But it's also, you know, doing that follow up as well. And it might Mm. be that you meet someone socially then in the flesh at an event. And that can be, again, that can be quite weird. I've, I've, you know, spoken to people. I might have spoken to them for years before I actually meet them in the flesh. Mm. Um, You know, I'll give you another example. I was connected to an amazing guy called Don Winkle, who's a professor of entrepreneurship in America. Um, and I ended up going to America with my 11-year-old daughter to speak at his TEDx event. Mm. And that all came through social networks. So how do people do that? Because there's a certain nuance and a certain uh, sort of subtlety to approaching people on a personal basis to do that. I think it's just about building up the relationships. I think this is, is all about building mm. up relationships. And again, I think it's, it's a quality over quantity. Um, I think, you know, for me... I'm not somebody who goes on Twitter and just says stuff. I'm joining in conversations. And I'm going to give you an example. My mum asked me to teach her how to use Twitter about three, four years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And I showed her in 20 minutes um, about how I would show a business or an individual to do it. But also the same diagram that I use when I'm talking to people about making good connections. And I said to her, find out find your different tribes of people look at look locally at first etc cetera, etc cetera. so after about a year of doing it and my mum having about two and a half thousand bit of friends <laughs> I remember going to my mum's uh boxing day a couple of years later and there was an American lady in the in the, in the kitchen who was some one of her Twitter friends my mum's been on tweet ups all over the country she started blogging and actually she said to me after about a year of doing it it had enriched her life and I think, you know, if we're sort of talking about it in, in a way of, you know, I, I remember I trained um, somebody how to use Twitter once. Um, within 20 minutes, she, she'd answered a, a business inquiry. And I just said to her, look, this is how you can find this stuff. Just find it there. Just put some keywords in. It's like journal requests and things like that on Twitter. It, it's just, you know, you, you, you're going to be connecting with somebody on LinkedIn or, or Twitter or whatever, because there's an end thing so it's it's like it might be because you want to learn from them it might be because you want to sell to them it might be that you just think they're 
cool or it might be their your peers or you thought leadership that kind of thing there's always got to be a reason behind it mm. but it is it's about that relationship building you know my sort of day-to-day consultancy is I'm a partnerships and engagement consultant that works with tech businesses around um, how they can grow, but doing that through collaborating with other people. I couldn't do that if I didn't have the network that I've got, but it's taken me years to build that up. And yeah. I've, I'm always, I've always been, you know, my end game has always been how, I can I, how can I help somebody? It's not always been because I want to sell them something. It takes a lot of time and energy. Uh, it, it does, see. but it's also using the you're time investing. in the right way. You're investing. Yeah, you are. It's it's part of business development. So we've we've covered a lot around those smaller sort of typical events that we see today, day to day around um, around the country. Let's talk about bigger conferences. Let's talk about those big events that happen. What are your tips for people going to those? Okay, so for the, for the bigger conferences, I think that's where doing this sort of pre homework so you know finding out the audience finding out the speakers following the speakers on social looking at what the hashtag is for for the event seeing who's talking about that event and chipping in seeing you know again depending on what reason you're going to that particular conference for it might be that you can try and set up some chats with people beforehand to meet actually at the conference another thing as well if I'm going to one of the seminars I sit right in the front and I listen and I will always always ask a question so I'm why always do you that. do that why do you do that because I want the speaker because you always get the opportunity to say your name I'm always asking a question um I would never ask a rubbish question it's always a really good question because I've done my homework um because a I want the people in the audience to know that I've done my homework and you get to say yeah I'm Naomi Timberley from Tech North Advocates this is my question the speaker great thing because actually you can then engage with the speaker afterwards i would always say to people don't be frightened to talk to the people on the panels um don't be you know if if there is somebody that you would really love to talk to follow it up that day with a tweet or or a message on linkedin just saying you know do you know what i thought you were great etc etc i think there's lots of homework and that you can do pre at the event and then post as well i think the most magnificent event i ever went to where I made the best connections was Business Rocks, uh, which was on a number of years ago. It was a sort of mini version of South by Southwest in Manchester. Mm-hmm. They had it was stuff here, go- was it? Yeah, it was in. It was uh, the first. The first one was at UK Fast. The second one they did at Manchester Central, mm-hmm. and they had Steve Wozniak who came over as as a speaker. And they had it was over two days, but they had two lots of evening types of things, and just. I met so many incredible people that I'm still connected to that businesses that I got involved in Mm. at that particular event, because it was all about facilitating those conversations and getting people talking. Um, They had an app that accompanied it. So, you know, a lot of the really big conferences, they will actually have an app that you can engage with. It's really doing your homework and and just seeing how you can engage. You know, if there's a hashtag for the event, you know, tweet during the event. Mm. And you can also see if you're following the hashtag, who else? Else is at that event and who's talking i think again it I might be a, hashtags are really great hashtags are fantastic and again it's if you're not on twitter you should 100 100 and i think you know even if you can't physically be in human form at that event you can still have an impact a lot of these places have got tweet walls i i've i've tweeted when i know people have been at an event or even when i haven't and actually people have got in touch with me and said uh, you were all over the twitter wall 
And that I wasn't actually e- happened to me last year. Yeah, and a, I wasn't and even there. I, was I know, but it's great. It's great I nearly you can won do the that. prize for the most tweets. Oh, that, which is even more hilarious. But the great thing is, I think with if we're adding in the social network side of thing, the world is now suddenly a much, much smaller mm-hmm. place. And less scary. Yeah. Because, again, if you are a, an introvert, you can make those connections online and then yeah. and build that relationship up. Yeah. And that is actually a technique for, you know, oh, for yeah. people who do have a, yeah. a fear around it is yeah. using those hashtags, making those uh, connections in advance. Yeah. Jazz Hanley and I use that. Uh, we do a networking talk together. We've done it for the EY Foundation yeah. and it's our top 10 tips and networking. And it's how you, social networking and, and physical yeah. networking comes together. So yeah, definitely. It was my first event uh, that I did. It was uh, in conversation with Steve Bartlett, which was right. hosted by Chris McGuire yeah. in the home. Yeah. Home. And I knew, already knew about Tech North as it was known then. And mm-hmm. I already knew who the, who the players were because I could mm-hmm. see them on social. Mm-hmm. And when I arrived at the event and looked up the hashtag, I seen that Jazz was in the room and he had taken a picture of where I was sitting. So I knew he was at the front lines yeah. at the back. So I was, mess- I was messaging him on Twitter saying, yeah. I'm here, I, you know, I, I really love to meet, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We didn't actually get to meet that day, um, but through LinkedIn, we then connected on LinkedIn and then we sort of um, had a conversation there and then we met face-to-face yeah. after that. So it is that how that the two things blend in together and how you can make things easier for yourself by just doing a bit of research, using a- abso- the tools Absolutely, that are and, but then also as well, looking at those situations where, you know, perhaps you might be on a train you know, sometimes you don't want to always talk to people, but sometimes if someone's open for, for chatting, I've met some really incredible people mm. um, in situations that were not facilitated or they weren't at a big conference. It yeah. might just be randomly. Just be interesting. It's, it's that whole sort of serendipity. Um, mm. I, I'm a big believer in that. And I think as, as well, what goes around comes around. If, you, if you're seeing as being a helpful person, you know, that's always going to come back in, in some form at some point. I think we could probably chat all day now and we, um, the two of us together talking about networking and there's probably a million more things that we can say. Um, but let's, let's wrap it up. Like what are your top five tips? If you're for the first person that's going out there today, um, how do you help them be a bit more successful at networking? Okay. So my five top tips would be open and inquisitive. There's nothing wrong with that. Do your homework. Um, listen, listening's really, really important. Do you follow up? Um, and use social networks because they're fantastic. Brilliant five tips to finish up on. And if uh, people are interested in finding out more, they can absolutely go on to your wakelet and follow the collection, um, making good connections, mm-hmm. which hopefully links back to the tech ones. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time it's and for your advice and insight. Your connections around the world are phenomenal. I'll continue to learn and enjoy learning from you as you uh, share your wisdom around how to make better connections. We hope that's answered your uh, questions, queries and concerns out there. We know it's terrifying. Just go out and have a go. What's the worst that can happen, I think, is probably our final piece of advice. That's a wrap and our final podcast for 2018. We're taking a break for Christmas and for the New Year holidays. We're back again on Tuesday, the 8th of January. But in the meantime, we wish you a very happy Christmas and a happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you.